and welcome to Living Proof, the teaching ministry of Joseph Castile. We encourage you to listen to today's message over and over again so that the Word of God will be in your spirit. Be a blessing, share it with your friends, and we pray that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We also invite you to visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. we're preaching the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're talking about blood covenant. And just for review, I want to, I want to remind you a couple things that we said last week. One of them is that a covenant is when, uh, when two parties exchange, uh, blood, when two parties exchange blood, they make a blood covenant. And we said that it, that it, being in covenant means being loyal to the other party. It is never simply an agreement to perform a duty, but it's being loyal to the other party. Loyal to death, till death do us part. It's a blood covenant. Covenant is a mutual agreement between two or more parties. And this covenant is very powerful. And we're going to look at a picture of the covenant in the covenant marriage ceremony. We're going to look at a picture of the covenant in the covenant marriage ceremony. And we said that a covenant literally means to cut or to where blood flows. So two parties must put some sacrifice into this. I just can't give my own blood. Some of you guys are in relationships where you're giving your own blood, your own time, your own money, your own sweat, your own tears, and it's a one-way relationship. That's not covenant. Amen. Covenant, both parties have to sacrifice for it to be a covenant, hallelujah, and they have to shed blood. We used to have an activity here where it was a lot of hard work and a lot of volunteerism for this particular outreach, and, I, and we were complaining about it. We said, it's so hard. We got to volunteer. We got to come several times a week. We got to do all this work, and they said that that's the point. You have to put blood in it yourself for it to be successful and for it to be fruitful. You have to put your own sacrifice, your own time. You got to travel on the bus. You got to spend the money. You got to, we had to do a lot of money and time and travel just to come to church, just to serve these people in this outreach that we did in our church. I think it was called Encounter. And that the point was, as you sacrificed, then you would see God move. Because covenant is two ways, amen? So one of the, one of the covenant pictures we have is marriage. And we'll look at that. But we said that there were several covenants in the Bible. We talked a little bit about some of these covenants. We talked about Noah a bit. We talked about Adam very briefly. And we'll look at that more today. We talked about Abraham's covenant. And we'll look at that too a little bit more today before we look at how marriage exemplifies covenant. But covenant is very important. We also talked about how Jesus had to cleanse the heavenly temple how he had to cleanse the holy of holies, how before he was touched by Thomas, he was almost touched by other disciples. And Jesus said, you cannot touch me because I had not yet arisen to the father. And we find out why he could not be touched before he had went to heaven in Hebrews, because Hebrew tells us that he had to go to heaven and cleanse the holies of holies. He had to cleanse that which was defiled by Adam's sin. So we also discussed last week how Adam's sin could contaminate heaven. 
How is it possible that Adam's sin could contaminate heaven? And in that, we discussed how man's life is not just three-dimensional on this earth, but there is a spiritual connection between the life that we live and another realm. Also, we understand that, that mankind is the highest authority in the universe under God. And we discussed that last week. And then we discussed how can the blood of goats and bulls, which were just a, a, a type and a shadow of what was to come, how could that cover our sins? It not being perfect, it not being human, it not being, uh, you know, it being from animals. And we discussed how in the spirit realm, how this was used as a type of a sign, as a type of, 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 of something to come that was to come, which the, the, it was a shadow and a type, but Jesus's blood was the actual thing. And that's why it could atone. So we discussed several things, but I want to go back this week and I want to look at Genesis chapter three, verse 21. And we find in the Bible, the very first place where blood was shed. You see, the reason why we don't see the miracle power of God is because our belief system is not lined up with the word of God's belief system. But when we begin to line up our belief system with the word of God, then we begin to see the miraculous. Amen. Call now and get Joseph Castillo's Supernatural Healing CD series, which includes almost six hours of in-depth Bible teaching and inspirational preaching on how to fight for your healing, when is God's timing for a miracle, is it God's will to heal everyone? This is an exclusive offer for our Living Proof audience. Yours for a donation of only $49. Shipping and handling are included. In addition, order and we will throw in a free USB thumb drive for your computer along with your CD set. And if you just read casually, you might not really notice it. But if you uh, look and you meditate upon the word of God, you'll begin to discover there was a shedding of blood here. In Genesis chapter 3, we see Adam and Eve have sinned against God. And we see that they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. And the Bible says that they hid themselves because they knew that they were naked. Now, my wife always asks me, why do you want to sleep naked? I say, because I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I said, tell my mother-in-law, don't be coming in this bedroom in the morning trying to wake me up. She might get a, a full moon, hallelujah, in the morning time. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless God. Hallelujah. So they took fig leaves and they sewed them together to make aprons for themselves. But we see here that God felt that that was not good enough. And in verse 21, we see... We can look at verse 20 and 21 of chapter 3. It says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Hallelujah. Unto Adam, so we see Adam named his wife. God named them both Adam. God named them both Red Earth. He named them both men. And Adam named his wife Eve. And unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God. Who, who did it? God. God made coats of skins and he clothed them. 
So for God to make coats of skins, obviously God had to himself. And if you just, just think about this, it's, it's really hard to imagine. For some reason, it's hard for me to imagine God doing something in the earth like killing an animal, skinning it, and then taking that skin and then making clothes for somebody. I don't know why it's hard for me to imagine that because I pray, oh, God, heal this person and God bless. So I expect God to like do things, but I have a hard time imagining that he can make a coat. But we, we see here in scripture that God himself took and slewed an animal, skinned them, and, and, and shed blood. And I believe that there was a type of covenant that took place here. And theologians call it the Adamic covenant. Where he took and he shed blood and he sacrificed his animals and he took the skins and he clothed them. Now I always imagined a bear skin rug. You know, some wolf, like, you know, some nice fox coat or something. But you know what? This might have been a, a nice snake skin. A nice snake skin covering. Hallelujah. <laughs> you think God let that snake slither away without no judgment? I'm sure God cursed the devil and then skinned that snake up. Hallelujah. And we have our first snake skin boots. Amen. Hallelujah. Then we get over to Genesis chapter 4, and we look here at verse 8, and we see another account of a shedding of blood. And I want us to look at this shedding of blood here in Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. If somebody has any snakeskin shoes, just say amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> or a nice snakeskin wallet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I should get some snakeskin soles under my feet because the devil's under my feet. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, we got a snake. Oh, hey, there you go. Hallelujah. We're not letting that snake get away. Hallelujah. You're wearing it today. Hallelujah. That what the devil meant to hurt you, I'm wearing it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm redeemed. Matilda's. Hallelujah. Represent him. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. Let's take a look at this. We see the account of Cain shedding the blood of his brother Abel. And it says here that Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass. Obviously, the conversation did not go well. I've had conversations with my sister that did not go very well. Hallelujah. Before we hung up the phone, we were trying to kill each other. You see, the reason why we don't see the miracle power of God is because our belief system is not lined up with the word of God's belief system. But when we begin to line up our belief system with the word of God, then we begin to see the miraculous. Amen. Call now and get Joseph Castillo's Supernatural Healing CD series, which includes almost six hours of in-depth Bible teaching and inspirational preaching on how to fight for your healing, when is God's timing for a miracle, is it God's will to heal everyone? This is an exclusive offer for our Living Proof audience. Yours for a donation of only $49. Shipping and handling are included. In addition, order and we will throw in a free USB thumb drive for your computer along with your CD set. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. 
So we see another shedding of blood here. And it says here that the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? And the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me. Say crieth unto me. Say the voice of his blood. So we're seeing here for the very first time, God revealing to us that blood has a voice. Later on, we'll see that the Bible says that there's life in the blood. But here we're seeing that blood has a voice and that blood cries. Blood cries out. And his blood here is crying out to God. And what is his blood crying out? His blood is crying out guilty. Cain is guilty of my blood. Cain did it. His blood is crying out. Guilty. Say guilty. Say his blood's crying out. And his blood is crying out guilty. Amen. So it says in verse 10 that the blood cries out unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which, say from the earth, He's cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Very interesting. The second time we see the shedding of blood. But this time we see that blood cries out something. We see that the earth receives the blood. And we see that the blood speaks. So I could assume that also when God shed the blood of that animal to cover Adam, that that blood also cried out something and that the earth also received that blood. What it says, what it said, how it was received, and what for, those are things you can study. Amen. But let's take a look at here. Genesis chapter 6. We move on to the next place where we see shedding of blood taking place. Genesis chapter 6 And let's take a look here at verse 17 through 18. God speaking about judgment on the earth to Noah. Genesis chapter 6 verse 17. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. This is a culmination of a great blood sacrifice. Every person on the earth and every animal living shall shed their blood, shall die in judgment. Verse 18, but with thee, say, but with thee, Say a thousand may fall at my side. Say but ten thousand may fall at my, my other side. But it shall not come nigh me. All the earth shall die. All the earth shall be destroyed. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And the covenant gave Noah what? Protection. Covenant gives you protection. 
The other party of that covenant is sworn to protect you. So now God's going to judge the earth, or God did judge the earth. All the earth shall die, but not with Noah and his, because he's going to make a covenant with him. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife. Say, my husband is sanctified by me, if you're married. Hallelujah. Say, my husband, if you're married, is sanctified by me. Hallelujah. You might have a husband that's, you know, serving God, not serving God. Sometimes on fire, sometimes not on fire. But don't worry, because the Bible tells us that your husband is sanctified by the wife. Hallelujah. And Noah's family was sanctified and covered by Noah's covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you're here serving God, doing what's right, there's an extension of protection that could come to your family back in Africa, back in Philippines, back in America, because you're doing right before the Lord. Hallelujah. And your family can have a covering because of you. So because of my covenant with you, your wife, your sons, their wives, all of them shall be protected. Amen. Amen. Now let's look over at chapter 7, verse 21 and 22. Time goes on. Things come about. You know the story. I believe you should know the story, most of you. Amen. And we see in verse 21, all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man. And all in whose nostrils was the breath of life and all that was in the dry land died. We see the shedding of massive amounts of guilty human blood. Now, God begins to reset, reboot the earth using Noah and those in covenant with him. And in chapter 8, we see in verse 20, God beginning to speak to Noah and beginning to reveal very powerful principles I want you to see today. It says here, Noah building an altar, 820, unto the Lord. And he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord. I don't know about you, but if all the chicken and turkey has been destroyed in the earth, I really don't want to give up any more chores. Hallelujah. This is some good barbecue that they could possibly eat. All the other animals are dead. Hallelujah. I'm sure all the vegetation destroyed. But now he has his wife and his kids and their wives. And he has only these animals on the ark. And, you know, I'd want to kind of save as much as I possibly can, you know. But he understands that he has to make a covenant with God. And the first thing he does when he comes out is he makes an offering. And he takes what he has and he begins to sacrifice to give to the Lord. And verse 21 says this, the Lord smelled a sweet savor. Hallelujah. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. So the next destruction that's coming to the earth, the last destruction, Armageddon is not for man's sake, but it is for the judgment upon Satan and the devil. Amen. 
But he says, I will not destroy the ground anymore for man's sake. Why? He says, because I know men are idiots. That's what he says here. Look at it. I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from the youth. If you're a parent, you don't need anyone to tell you that. That's not a revelation if you're a parent. Hallelujah. Because, you know, kids start lying to you at like one and a half years old. Hallelujah. My dang lao. My dang lao. Baba. My dang lao. Did you have lunch at school today? No. You know, they're lying. They just want to have some chicken nuggets. They start lying before anyone could teach them to lie, before they could have any bad influence. Kids start lying, start conniving. And God says, I know that man's heart is evil from his youth. I haven't looked that word up in the Hebrew, but I wouldn't be surprised if that word actually means from your toddlerhood. Hallelujah. Amen. You can look it up yourself. Say amen. But from his youth, his hearts are evil. Neither will I again smite anymore. You know, God says, I'm not going to curse the earth again. For man's sake, because men are evil from the youth. In other words, God is saying, man is desperately wicked, hopefully wicked. And I understand that. And for this cause, I will not destroy the earth again for man's. So God is saying, I understand your state. And I'm not going to destroy the earth again because I understand that this is the state of mankind. Amen. But watch this. He's not going to smite the earth again. But while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Say seed time and harvest. So I'm not going to strike the earth anymore, but you have to understand that the earth will still remain seed time and harvest. So I'm not going to strike the earth and cause the earth to be destroyed and cause all men to be destroyed because of their sins anymore. But you got to remember that the earth still remains seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, night and day shall not cease. So the laws of seed time and harvest, however, will never cease from the earth. Do you understand this? God will not curse the ground again but seed time and harvest will not cease. And he begins in the very next chapter to explain how seed time and harvest works. Take a look at chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. Do we have it on the screen? Yeah, let's read it together. Hallelujah. Let's start in verse 1 together. 1, 2, 3. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Say amen, Nikos. And, and the green herb have I given you all things. But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, you shall not eat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require 
at the hand of every beast will I require it. And at the hand of man and at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. And you be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. Amen. Amen. So we see here a couple of things. One, we see here the, the, the third revelation about blood. The earth receives it, one. Number two, it cries out. And number three, we see that there's life in the blood. Did you see that here? Did you see that as we read that? There's life in the blood. And then we find an, another thing. We find that the laws of seed time and harvest, even though God says, I will not smite the earth for man's sake anymore, the laws of seed time and harvest will not cease. And whosoever sheddeth a man's blood, their blood shall be shed by beast, by another man's hand, or by another man's brother's hand. But their life shall be... You see, the reason why we don't see the miracle power of God is because our belief system is not lined up with the Word of God's belief system. But when we begin to line up our belief system with the Word of God, then we begin to see the miraculous. Amen? Call now and get Joseph Castillo's Supernatural Healing CD series, which includes almost six hours of in-depth Bible teaching and inspirational preaching on how to fight for your healing, when is God's timing for a miracle, is it God's will to heal everyone? This is an exclusive offer for our Living Proof audience. Yours for a donation of only $49. Shipping and handling are included. In addition, order and we will throw in a free USB thumb drive for your computer along with your CD set. Required of them if they take another man's life because man is made in the image of God. In other words, you shall not escape the laws of seed time and harvest. In other words, if you take another man's life and their brother, their auntie, their uncle, you know, sometimes these dictators, they'll come into power and they'll kill the opposition. And not only will they kill the opposition, but they'll also go after the cousins and the relatives and the children. Am I right? And the reason they'll kill them all is to stop retaliation. But what they don't understand is the laws of seed time and harvest. That as they kill somebody else, even if they wipe out any human that would avenge them, that still even the beast of the field will come and avenge them. Because they cannot escape the laws of seed time and harvest. They shall not cease. This is why we pray for mercy. The word mercy in its original language actually means to avoid judgment. Somebody say mercy. 
How can we live without the mercies of God, David prayed. How can we live without God's mercies, amen? Because we have all have sown bad seeds, and it's only the mercy of God that can negate the harvest of judgment that should come for sowing bad seeds. Amen. Now, I know there was a time years ago where seed time and harvest was always preached about as a result of you reap what you sow, you reap what you sow, meaning you're going to reap judgment for your sins. Then the prosperity movement came, and we totally forgot that one. And now reap what you sow, reap what you sow is about if I sow $1, God will bless you with $100. Praise the Lord. I trust you are blessed and encouraged. We have more on this series coming to you next week. So tune in next week and catch the broadcast. Make sure you call and send in a donation, send in a seed, support this ministry if it's blessed you in any way. If you think it will bless and encourage others, your financial support is very important. If you go to our website, nfbeijing.com forward slash store, you can get some of our ministry products, CDs, and we'll be offering the DVDs of all these sermons coming soon. So go visit us online, like us on Facebook, add our YouTube channel, where you're going to get a bunch of bonus materials, everything that you don't see on the show, you're going to get that on the YouTube channel, Anna of Church at YouTube, and be blessed and encouraged. We love you. We want to encourage you to re-dig the wells of our fathers and also dig new wells for what God's going to do in our generation.